2: This is the Talking Devils podcast, I am Wayne Barton and this week I'm joined as usual by former Manchester United defender Paul Parker How are you doing Paul?
3: I'm fine, thank you very much
2: Wayne We are also joined by the legendary football writer Paddy Barclay, how are you doing Paddy? Excellent, thanks. It is a, a great honour, as always, to work with you.
4: But to work with, uh, to work with the legend that is Paul Parker is a privilege. Thank you
2: very much, and I'm really enjoying this. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, and it's a proper indulgence for me as well. As you know, this is me fusing my two projects into one, and I'm not being la- I'm not being lazy. It's just the opportunity came up to talk about um, United's recent form with both of you. Um, mm. So a little bit of housekeeping before we begin. Talking Devils, which is of course your favourite Manchester United podcast. It's about to become even better. No, I'm not retiring my own position. Uh, we have partnered <laughs> with Classic Football Shirts um, to celebrate. We are giving away one. We're giving one lucky listener the chance to win a fifty-pound website credit with them. Uh, we're going to be giving that away on next week's show. But to enter, you just review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use, if you can and then you tag us in the review on Twitter at Talk of the Devils and everyone gets entered and then we pick one at random and that is not all, we also have a special discount code for every listener to the show so if you fancy 10% off well here it is, that's a discount code of ten percent, and the coupon code is TOTD10 for ten percent off with classic football shirts. And you enter that yeah. at the checkout for a great deal. And you know me, I love my retro stuff. So yeah, <laughs> and they certainly. No, I've, I've, I've looked at this stuff, and it is absolutely fantastic. So that's that's a a big bonus for listeners. Yeah. Yeah, and also I the reason why I wanted to work with them is because I did um, in. 2018, late 2018 They hosted a book signing I did with Tommy Dockett And to do a book signing with a former Man United manager Is um, definitely one on the bucket list So I'm very grateful to them Um, And yeah, everyone check them out, it's great So, two Manchester United games to discuss this week Paul and I have a running joke about never being able to talk about two United wins in a row Um, We have been able to do that recently, but (laughs) this week we're back to normal Um, The first of those two games though was as routine as could be expected really United getting a 3-0 win was very comfortable at Villa Park Um, Followed the trend of recent games as well, scoring... Just after the sort of water break and then taking control of the game. One difference in this game being that the penalty award, was, which was fairly debatable to say the least, so I thought that was worth discussing. Um, Paul, I'll come to you first on this. Bruno Fernandes, he pirouettes. And this is the beauty of angles Because from the referee's position It looks like it could be a penalty And then the, re- the replays suggest otherwise And VAR isn't enforced Because it's not a clear and obvious error What an absolute joke For me it's not a penalty I could understand why you gave it at first um, What's your take on that?
3: Well to, I mean As soon as I saw it the first time I, I, I was doing the um, radio at the time And I just said It's not a penalty Mm-hmm. it wasn't a penalty for the moment I saw it because as soon as he tries to pull away when you do that with a football you meant to take the ball with you. If he was on a stage, it would have been okay. <laughs> because the, foot, the football's needed. He had to bring the ball. And he doesn't. As he gets that first touch, he doesn't drag it with him. And he actually treads down on he treads down on the player's ankle, Conser's ankle. Yeah. He, and it was honestly, he could have broken his ankle to be honest. And how the referee John Moss has given that. Why doesn't John Moss go and look at a, a screen? I'm sure there's some interp- interpretation why he doesn't have to do it. Everything is covered by some kind of insurance against him doing the right thing with his spa system. Yeah. So, I'll be honest... Villa didn't deserve that against them it was at the point when United started okay and they wasn't playing great um, Fernandes was having a poor time Pogba wasn't great the team wasn't that good even though they looked in control at certain points and it, 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 it just wasn't right the way they went in front yes you can take it but you still want things to be right and for the referee to make such a poor poor decision and the thing about it is John Moss I don't If he has already, we'll get another game. He won't be he won't be pushed down a league or two to say you made a massive mistake even now. So there's there's something's got to be
2: done about it. Paddy, we've talked about VAR. Yeah. What was your take on this one? Because it's one of those where it brings all the complexities into it, doesn't it? You know, whether it was right or not, the the chance for the referee to make an amendment and 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 it still (laughs) stands.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I unlike uh, Paul, I, it didn't. You know, that's the difference between someone who's played and someone who hasn't at that level. Um, that, you know, someone who, who's played can can work that one out. Um, for me, I, I thought the way. That Fernandez fell suggested a tug, which was absolute rubbish because uh, the defender was pointing in the wrong direction. Couldn't have done it. Um, so I, I still feel that the clear and obvious error um, provision is a good one, and that this maybe is the kind of terrible decision that we're all go- always going to get in football. That, that's that's one way of looking at it, and I, I don't. You know, bad decisions happen, always have done, and always will be, and there are fewer of them because of VAR these days. That said, a penalty, there should have been an error mechanism that kicked in. I'm bending over backwards to be fair to John Mott, who I think is quite a good rep. But uh, really, a penalty decision is something that probably should always be referred. Um, yeah. And the, the clear and obvious thing is, uh, it's not suitable for penalty decisions,
2: which, after all, you know, are fifty percent of them are crucial to the outcome of the game. Yeah, <laughs> and. United's attack came moments After Paul Pogba had given the ball away And Villa had hit the post Um, (laughs) Paul Pogba giving the ball away In midfield is going to be a recurring theme Of of this podcast The United then took advantage And they (laughs) scored the penalty They scored through Mason Greenwood And then they scored in the second half through Pogba Very routine, as routine as they come Uh, Then they face Southampton uh, Which on paper Started to look like it was going to be the most Difficult game since um, Playing against Spurs in the first game of the Restart So with Palace coming up on Thursday And Chelsea coming up in um, in The FA Cup on Sunday Ollie chose to stick with the same team For the fifth game in a row I'll get to that in a little bit But the game itself was a strange one It was sort of like a How far we've come And how far we have yet to go Kind of mood Uh, In patches United looked very good I'd say patches Very small patches for me In other parts Their flaws looked very obvious as well Pogba's casualness We've already talked about this Sort of error with the ball, uh, giving the ball Away in midfield Anthony Martial's lack of conviction With an early chance and then with a, one later on And then both of them have the good moments Which makes you think does that compensate For what we went through with the bad areas? Um, but it was a tougher game Since um, Of A tougher game than any other since the restart Solskjaer didn't make his changes to rest the players as he has done in recent games He had to make them to protect the result And then that exposed the squad depth And yet, if Brandon Williams doesn't come off with the head injury United have a full complement And they might have, even though they didn't deserve to, win the game Paddy. Yeah, um, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, they
4: could. But uh, I thought two all. It was definitely a two all game. Yeah, uh, up against one of the better teams in the post lockdown league, as um, which Southampton definitely are. Um, they're really, really, really solid looking unit, strong in in various positions, and with a fantastic set piece deliverer in Ward Prowse I'm just thinking, you know, but Old Trafford doesn't hasn't seen balls like that since uh, since David Beckham, you know. But um, you know, despite how good Southampton were, they they look at the moment to me like a seventh or eighth team. Uh, The trouble is, that's what Manchester United looked like, and they've got higher aspirations. I think that um, there are problems defensively. I think that attacking you, you alluded to Pogba. Now, I admit I'm biased against Pogba. That I, I just can't, I've never been able to stand him. And I, I think he's just got a terrible attitude to the game. Um, he's also got a World Cup winner's medal, but I think they won it despite him, not, not because of him. Um, I think he's just, for, for a boy who is so talented... incredibly talented I I always think of, when I see him play I always think of Paul Scholes not because he's like him but because he's the total opposite the total
2: opposite
4: (laughs) he's probably got more natural assets Um, he was probably born with more than Paul Scholes Um, but in terms of a football brain Uh, he's the complete opposite of Paul Scholes in my opinion, he's just, I'll tell you who is like Paul Scholes, Bruno I think he's made such a difference to that team, he articulates the play, Manchester United have gained a stride in my opinion uh, and have gained you know angles that that they didn't have before Um, and now uh, that Pogba's been brought back into the side and I stress if you call me biased I'll admit I'll I'll put my hand up Uh, now that Pogba's come back in the side
2: Bruno has the additional problem of trying to play with him (laughs) problem <laughs> it's, yeah, it's an interesting way of looking at it, what do you think Paul because we've talked in recent weeks about how well they've both played together, but it certainly did seem uh, against Southampton that neither of them sort of got out with the blocks really
3: No, didn't they both They both struggled, to, and to be honest I thought Bruno struggled against Villa as well he wasn't yeah. anywhere near his best as yeah. what he was there, but then you're, yeah. you're looking around and you're looking for other players and it is a weakness within that squad and we saw that when he made the so I, when he made the substitution of taking Bruno off, I was doing the radio last night, and mm. I turned around and said, "That's a poor decision. Poor. The best thing he could have done was to get Ingalo up front, so they could play the balls into him, and he could yeah. hold it up. He could, and if anything, gain fouls to take the pressure away. They had, they had no outlet because Martial dropped deep, looking to run forward rather than face the ball, mm, and, yeah. and, the, and then straight away." you go any level of football I mean even down to kids grassroots football and they see two or three of the better players get taken off it'll lift it the average player because you believe you might get because you've got no one coming at you and when you bring on Tom and A and James you, they kind of go wow that will do us and it <coughs> yeah. shows that's what they and that tells you what United now are seen as because their strengths are are Bruno and Paul and um, Paul Pogba in that midfield. They're the engine room, and that's maybe the reason which you're alluding to, Wayne, mm. is that. He's he's carried on playing the same because he you ne- know he needs them. If if those two aren't playing or at least one we're saying that if you start a game without Bruno, you're not going to get the same intensity of attacking play yeah. and the and the variation that he adds. it's not one dimensional. His variation. He's running with it. He's passing it or he's running without the ball. Mm. Three great three great strengths which he's willing to you know participate in. That reminds me of Roy Keane in his heyday yeah. when mm. Roy first arrived. That's what Roy. Was all about, and there was that confrontation and that kind of battle with Paul Wins to prove who was the best. And the mm. bonus was that took us to a that took us to a double, and it should have been a treble that season. So United are going down the right way in, mm. in that context. Can I, get, Wayne? Do you mind if I ask you two
4: lads um, a, a question, which occurred to me watching the game last night? I think United have got a bit of an issue, or, or you know, this great striker who is now their manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, has got a bit of a problem. Is that he's got three, if you like, Solskjaer's playing up front. He's got three central strikers as his front three now, and there was evidence last night of a certain rivalry. Between Rashford and Martial, in particular, uh, the body language of Greenwood was another problem which we could maybe talk about, um, but he didn 't look happy last night Greenwood now I wonder if if he of all of them feel that they want the number nine position they, they want they want to be on the end of things. I mean when I look back at uh, Um, and and, and I'm no uh, uh, particular fan of Andy Cole but he had two great partnerships one with Sheringham, one with uh, uh, Dwight York which was out of this world, one of the great partnerships of all time in the Premier League I never saw a selfish act from Dwight York, I never saw a selfish act from Teddy Sheringham Uh, I didn't even see that many from Andrew Cole they played basically, the, be- the better we both play, the more goals we're b- b- both going to yeah. score, was the attitude. Whereas... With Mane and and, uh, and, uh, and Salah at Liverpool, there, there was evidence uh, during the pre-lockdown season of rivalry, and between these two boys, there looks as if there's a bit of rivalry. Paul, is am I being am I look, reading too much? Am I trying to be an amateur psychologist here, or is there an element of truth in that?
3: I think, I think you're right in a certain way. I mean, I haven't seen that look. I mean, I look at Mason Greenwood sometimes and I'm maybe not seeing enough in his face. But then yes. after, after watching Martial for so long, you never know what to believe anyway because you, you don't see anything there. But, but Mason Greenwood being a young lad, I'd just like to maybe see a bit more. I'm looking at Marcus Rashford and I'm seeing... There was an incident, I think it was, in the second half... Where he's gone down the left hand side, kicking towards, mm. yeah, kicking towards the tunnel, yeah. and he could have. Martial's made a run, and I think he went for the shot. My commentator said he's tried to pass it. I think he's put curl in it to go to the far post where mm. he could have got to, and he could have pushed it first time and tried, to, tried it with his weaker foot, a bad early cross. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes better than trying yeah. to make a good one a, a fraction of a second later. I yeah. Think, and I'm not. Re- I still. Anyway, I, I'll tell you what, Patrick. I'll jump forward. Manchester United to really compete need a top top centre forward.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm are, sorry, are you, are you, I, I want ret- to retract one of those tops because that sounded sounded too sounded too much like Harry Redknapp, didn't it? <laughs> they, they, they need. They need a quality centre forward not somebody who every now and again will go and score you a great a, a deemed great goal they need someone who can nick something someone who willing to play in, in between the, either side of the box and work in there every now and again make a run out into, in behind in behind the full back as Andy Cole used to love yeah, to go and eight.
4: do you're talking about. I mean, if you're talking top, 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 you're talking Harry Kane, aren't you? You're talking about a player of that a, a, who would probably cost
2: 135, 140 million quid. I wouldn't. <laughs> from, from, I wouldn't. From Daniel Levy talking more like two hundred and sixty. Yeah, I,
3: would, I wouldn't go Harry <laughs> Kane, Paddy. No, I no, I'm, I'm not a fan of Harry Kane's. I don't think Harry Kane is a Manchester United player. In in my opinion, I don't think it's someone who who they really need. They need someone who's going to really want to face up to the play, especially with someone like a Pogba and a Bruno in midfield. And Harry Kane of now, I wouldn't go and pay, I would not go and pay a hundred million for because. What What about.
4: about, uh, Are you you then talking about a younger Luis Suarez?
3: Um, Yes.
4: Yeah.
3: Yes, that's that's a Manchester United kind of centre forward to me. Yeah, someone yeah. like him who's constantly on the go, work, 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 willing who's to make, def- going to make the defenders' life a misery. Yeah, just someone a bit like a like a Sparky. I love Mark Hughes as a person yeah, and as yeah. a player. You would not, you, I would not Sparky. Some balls, Sparky would go in there. He would tidy it up, get it back, earn a throw in, earn a go, earn a corner. He would look back at me and I go, oh shit, I know it was crap. I've done well for me. <laughs> you, you, know, you need a player like that. You don't need somebody who's going to shrug a shoulder or make a half-hearted effort. They need that kind of forward that they can rely on. And they haven't got that at this moment in time, United. Mm. And, that's, and that's the difference in that front line that they need. They've got, a, they've got good players who can come from wide areas. That's why they don't need a Sancho. They've got a Mason Greenwood. They've got a Martial. They've got a Rashford. They've even got... A young Daniel James who's still got to be in the classroom a little bit longer, but they mm-hmm. need they need that little bit more. They need something through the middle. That's that. That's that one point in that front line where I think they need an individual.
2: Yeah, I would say on the attackers just to chip in my own two pence. I think yeah. Mason. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's going to have difficult games, and Ryan Bertrand's a re- really experienced defender, and he did a good job against him. I think yeah. the thing with Martial and Rashford. Um, Solskjaer came out in the last week Didn't he say now These strikers need to up the game And I think that Martial and Rashford are looking at And saying well that's one of us You know what I mean And they've done this Mm. before And United um, to their discredit in a way No matter who's been the manager Well usually Mourinho But um, Solskjaer's done this as well Mourinho brought in Lukaku And he brought in Ibrahimovic When there was Rashford and Martial there So they've always had to go back to competing for one spot And I think that maybe you're getting a little bit of anxiety From them both thinking Oh god we're going to be doing that again Um, it's, It's an interesting one um, but I still think you know there were moments where both of them Could have done better yesterday However, let's talk about the uh, Real thing that cost the game I know we've already talked about Pogba so we don't need to go over that It's obvious that he, he takes the blame for the first goal But the second one Oh my god, Paul as a defender You've got to look at that and think It's just a calamity all over that You've got... De Gea's not common he's not commanding his area. Matic doesn't get the first header. There's no authority from Maguire in there. And Mac- and Lindelof stood behind the man of the far post. It's yeah. unbelievable, isn't it?
3: Yeah, well, Wayne, I'll tell you what, mate, I don't think it's it's easy to come out and blame Pogba for the first goal because he gave because he got caught in possession, it wasn't a good ball out from De Gea to him. Yeah, was there yeah. was there a shout man on? If it's a man on, he's facing goal, man on straight away, early shout. He plays it back to where it comes from. But anyway, he loses the ball there. And I'm sorry to go back, Wayne, but I yeah. see it differently. Yeah. Is that the ball then goes wide and then it gets delivered across the box. What Maguire was trying to come across. Where, where was Luke Shaw, by the way? where was he on that far post with um, is it Stuart Armstrong yeah yeah. where yeah. was he on that where where had he gone in that situation or maybe a better answer better question where where had he been to have been so far up the field for when he's jogging back he was jogging back now if Gary Neville was was, was Gary Neville doing that game yeah so i tell you what I hope that Gary Neville which I doubt he did because no one's told me went at Luke Shaw the same way he went at Alonso at West Ham
2: yeah
3: <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I bet he didn't. Because I'll tell you what, Luke Shaw is absolutely shocking on his recovery. Absolutely yeah. shocking. And you, you can blame Pogba, but you've got a question. The ball to him from um, De Gea, which I'm, I'm a fan of De Gea, but, I don't, but you have to ask that question, first of all. And then you have to look, the ball goes wide. Why, how does the ball come in so easily? Yes. That's another bit. And then you look at, you ask the question about Harry Maguire, but the bigger question is Luke Shaw. It hasn't gone to Pogba, and that player who took it off of him has gone and scored a goal straight away. Yes. That's Pogba. Mm. Mm, but there's yeah. it's, it's, it's three different phases of play there, which I've named, mm. and they've got to be looked at as well. So, yeah. and it, that's my bit. That's me as a defender. Yeah, but
4: and, is that a failure of organisation, though? Because I, I, I was thinking, you know, watching that whole game from from a neutral point of view. I mean, if I, if I'd been uh, Southampton, I'd have said. I'm sure I picked a right back today, but there's no, we we're playing without a right back. Now, uh, what's he called? Walker Peters. He was totally culpable for both, uh, or it seemed to me that he was culpable for both United goals, but he wasn't alone. And you remember uh, Paul Don Howe? I mean, I, I, Don's no longer with us, but in a way, I'm glad he wasn't there to see the kind of defending we saw in that game. And now, is it is it Paul? Is it is it terrible coaching in the, of defenders, or do we take a or our team's now taking a gamble on Trent Alexander? You know, um, fullbacks who aren't fullbacks in the Paul Parker sense, in that they can play, but they see their number one job. As prevent as, as keeping tight at the back
3: I'm Nick Paddy can I'll ask you a question here just move have you yep. been listening have you been listening to this podcast a lot because <laughs> t- I'm sure I keep saying things like that I mean, <laughs> and, 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 and be honest you're, you're spot on I that's me my priority when I put on that number two shirt for United yep. and mm. I knew it was my number two shirt because it had my name on the back 92, 9293. <laughs> that's when I knew it was mine when I was at QPI I had a number four, but when I weren 't playing. They'd pass it to someone else. But, um, so I knew that was my priority. The moment if I decided to go forward, which wasn't that often, I have to say, before anyone says anything, but I knew that if that ball got played back into that hole, I didn't want Steve Bruce doing trying to do my job of chasing down someone quick. Someone quick. I wanted to make sure that I was there to help Brucey, and if they were to beat me and they put the ball in the box, I wanted Steve Bruce in the box, not in a fullback position, cursing me because they put the ball in the box and Pally's been left two against one. Mm-hmm. And that was my yeah. way of defending. And going yeah. back to what you were saying, I don't think anyone now bothers about defenders because I no one bothers, no one takes pride, maybe except Wan pasaka of stopping a cross. Yeah. No, one's, no one, no yeah. one doesn't want to stop a cross anymore. They don't take the pr- Don. Now used to do a session, and this was after when I was at QPR. Don used to do a session, and Kenny Sanson used to take the Mick out of him about it. Ken, yeah. Kenny used to mimic anybody, and Don used to be doing like a dance. With his left foot, his left heel banging in the floor as he moved, yeah. as he shuffled off the, down, showing you how you go around putting someone under pressure at the ball. You're virtually chucking your foot down to let, to panic him. And Don's after Don's done it for about five, ten seconds. You could hear him breathing after, you going, "Oh my God, Don, you're right." And, but Ooh, Don, and Don Don used to put us as well, by the way, Paddy. There used to be four, yeah. four of us across the back line. Mm. So it could have been, so it would have been, say, David Bardsley. it would have been myself, it would have been Maka, Big Alan McDonald, yeah. it could have been Danny Maddox, and it'd be Kenny at left back. And he'll have, yeah. a, string, he'll have a string between four of us. Uh, there might have been questions asked if there was a string between me and Danny Maddox in today's world, but it was a different <laughs> era. But yeah. um, so And, and we... And we We've, we had strings holding string and we'd work a position and Dom would go what's your position Paul and I'd go I'd go here yeah, Dom I'd go right here Dom Dom would go no Paul no and, he would, he would, and we did that on a Friday before games on a Saturday now you could imagine me driving from Essex driving all the way to Barclays yeah. training ground which is yeah. just off a hangar lane and thinking yeah. to myself it's Friday I need to go home, Don. I don't need to be doing this on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Don was, everything was about, he wanted defenders to defend, and what you had done yeah. after that was an absolute bonus for the team. Yeah. And that's not the same anymore. Carl Walker, Carl, is Carl, Carl Walker-Peters, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to be a forward. Everybody's trying to be this uh-huh. player, this forward. They're all midfield players who have gone back into that position, but mm. the thing they haven't got is that desire, and passion to actually feel pride in actually stopping someone playing, not always to put a big tackling, to defend space and stop people affecting your territory. And it's and it's a crime in today's world that teaches yeah. But I mean, we're not doing it, it anymore.
4: It, it shouldn't be the two thing. I mean, uh, you you disparage yourself a wee bit there, Paul. You played mm. a, a, you played a right wing back in a World Cup semi final, so mm. you can play, you could play, and you know it. But the 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 thing is today I mean even the other attacking fullbacks of and, and I hate to sound like an old geezer here but even attacking fullbacks I mean I, I remember Terry Cooper Kenny Sansom was another um, he was possibly ahead of his time in the, he, I don't think he was as good a defender he certainly wasn't a half as good a defender a pure defender as Paul but he was a he was a footballer, but he could he could defend a bit. And but you have people now, and and I argue with people about Trent Alexander Arnold, who's a magnificent footballer, by the way, a magnificent footballer. But he, he's a terrible defender, yeah. and it, it's it, it, the the teams, the way the teams set up, nobody seems to care. Yeah, correct.
3: Yeah. Correct. Absolutely but correct.
2: Talking about terrible defending. Pick up yeah. all that. Pick up all that last goal, Paul. Because I mean, I don't. Where do we even start with it? I mean, you, you're talking about defenders who love defending. Ari Maguire is certainly one. Victor Lindelof doesn't look like he's a defender who loves defending. Um, it, it was a mess, wasn't it? Where Where do you put the blame for that one? I think you could. Do
3: you know what? It's one of them. On you need to see it again, but. Is, I'm going to go straight to the, the main... i going to go to ground zero and have to say is that why is Lindelof marking someone from behind and the corner's coming from the other side? Yeah. Why isn't he standing in front of him? Getting yep. his shoulder... Get your shoulder across. Your shoulder is your gauge. If you get your shoulder across the front of somebody, you the trigger is if they try to push by. Push by. If you can't react to them react to them push, trying to push past you you're not strong enough Then what it, that then means that you've just got to push your foot down and angle your run so you step in front of them even if you can't see the ball you block him that's, that's the way it is that's the way I learned how to defend and being of my size I've done that I stepped across and I made it awkward for people to try and beat me many people say I could jump and whatever when I knew I couldn't win it in the air, my first thought was, look at the situation, I would step across the front of them, and if they did head it, it wasn't a good header. So I've done my job. And you are born... Lindelof is not born to defend. I really don't know what kind of centre-half he is. He's come from Ben... He's played at Benfica. He's played in Europe before for Benfica. He's played a lot of games, big games, and he's not a footballing centre-half, and he's not an out-and-out defender. He's pouring the air really pour in the air for somebody, jumps underneath it, jumps the balls that uh, he, he's never going to win, he doesn't do a Steve Bruce and threaten it and steps off and then takes it down his chest and play away, he goes underneath the ball, he gives away fouls, he's, he at the moment is not good enough to be playing a side that can compete to win the league, the only way United are going to find out how good they are defensively is to take Lindelof out the pitcher... And I've said this to you many times, Wayne. He's got to try... is it to Anzebe, or he's got a, or give Bayi another chance to see if he's going to learn about about patience, everything about it, when when not to try and win the ball, when to hold somebody, learn to defend space, or he's going to go out and get another left sided centre half, put Harry Maguire to right centre half, and see actually how good Harry Maguire is, because this moment in time, he's, he's, he's not really worth 50% of the fee, everyone keeps talking about him being a leader, I was I was, a, I was I was I was lead of my Cubs cap. Um, Cub Scout group I, I led it, and I, and, and I was beth, I was a better leader than him to be honest because at I the moment, he's struggling to lead himself I mean he gave a yeah. foul away on the byline when he went, he went through Danny Ings. he pushed him over poor but the referee doesn't give anything which was strange it was on the byline I'm seeing people go past him I'm seeing him rushing past the ball I'm seeing him he's got some, someone's put into his head and I think it might be Gareth Southgate after he told Chris Smalling he wasn't he wasn't a good football in center Harry Maguire believes is a footballing centre half. Mm-hmm. He's nowhere near as good as Steve Bruce. He's nowhere near as good as Gary Pallister. He's nowhere near as good as Yap Stamm. Nowhere near as good as Ronnie Johnson. But yet they were never called footballing centre halves. They were bloody good defenders, but they were footballing centre halves in great Manchester United teams. Harry Maguire, at this moment in time, as the saying goes, from people of
2: my era. Can't lace their boots. Yeah, mm. well, we're going to be on the Victor Lindelof roller coaster for a few games because I don't think, as much as I agree with you and we have had that conversation before, I do think now we're at the back end of the season, it's, it's almost counterproductive to make the change. So you've got to sort of ride that roller coaster going through. Mm. Um, the, the big contentious point from the game was the fact that the lad comes on, Obafemi comes on for Romeo. And Romeo yeah. should have been dismissed earlier. Well, that's the the theory. Um, yeah. When I was watching it live, when it when you know we we're watching the actual incident pass, I didn't think anything of it. On the replay, it looks like it's a red card. Um, Paddy, what, for you? Yes,
4: yeah. I, I, well, I would just uh, I would just say yes. I agree with your analysis. Um, I, I didn't. I, it, it didn't look that bad, but it looked very bad to uh, Gary Neville. Um, so you know, once again, that sometimes it helps to have played the game, you know, at, at that level. And uh, but but I must so I'd be interested in Paul's view. But uh, definitely, after watching the replay, it looked like a, a definite red card. Yeah, for from, from me. Uh, yeah, there was there wasn't much force, but it was an unprotected. Uh,
2: was it an Achilles you know oh terrible terrible yeah and he got away with that Mason as well Um, well Paul what do you think red card
3: it, after, after, again because the referee you can call it good play he's allowed play to go on but sometimes when you see something like that and you know how bad it is a referee and you wave play on I think sometimes you say no nope, I've wave play on. I've looked at that I'm going to go red card because yeah. if I'm wrong it's going to be a yellow card but you are better to do that than to allow someone to stay on the pitch when that was so intentional I missed it because I was following the game I I missed it so I think everyone did Yeah. Yes. But uh, when you see it again, cool. Yeah. It, it was and it, and it, the leg has actually stayed in there as well. it's mm, yeah. stayed in there, and Mason Greenwood doesn't go down too often. But when you see a young boy screaming around on the floor, yeah. I always think to myself that's that's a lot worse. Especially when you see a lot of the modern day pros the way they go down and scream and everything. Yeah. Jack, Jack yeah. Greenish comes to mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that that was that was that was wrong. That was wrong for the referee to allow that. Now, Paddy, I'm going to ask you a question because I'm not really understanding the rules and everything. Okay. Can can the Premier League do something about that challenge now? Yeah. Uh,
4: Yeah. If if it's deemed uh, retrospectively a red card, if if it was a yellow card offence, I suppose that the orange element in the argument could be could make them not go back to it um, because it, it, you, you can you can have retrospective on a, on a, a red card but not a yellow so um, I don't know quite what they'll do about it, the, th- the thing is Romeo, I, I think he's a tremendous player but he's got that in him, he's got a very nasty streak in him and it wasn't the only little naughty one that he committed in the game and you'll see that in most games if you
2: analyse his performances But what a good player he is yeah, um, just to talk about the squad rotation then. Um, Ollie named the, the same side for the fifth time in a row, and the last time that happened, Paul, you were in it. <laughs> so that tells you how long ago it was. Did, uh, we go, did we go one past it, or was it just just five times? United. <laughs> no, I think you went past it. Don't worry. I think, and you also won a league medal. So don't. I think you win the argument, Paul. Don't about yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, United of so five consecutive. Team sheets is probably about as close As they come to winning something these days So it's <laughs> something that matters But um, it came at a little bit of a cost I, I was <laughs> Accused of hindsight management um, Afterwards when I was summarising it For the website um, You know in saying well perhaps it was a game too many But I did, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks At some point you've got to make the change You can't go with the same 11 all the time and you run the risk, especially with a team that's not. I mean, we've said this before, there's still three or four players away from being a proper title challenging Manchester United team. So, as, as much as it is probably the best 11 that we've got, it's also not so strong that it's conclusive that it's a great side. So, it's a bit of a gamble not to keep those players in particular on the toes. Um, and for me, I felt you had Fernandes and Pogba were a little bit flat, Matic probably a game too many. And I think it's yes, Greenwood has set the world alight, but I still think it's straight out of the Ferguson playbook to take him out a little bit, you know, and give him a little bit of a rest. Um, For me, I think we should have. Probably made two or three changes yesterday, Paddy. Um, do you think it was probably um, one game too many with the uh, squad rotation, or, or is that well well, well? well, I think he,
4: I think he was. I mean, my, my guess would be, um, I, you know, I don't. Uh, I, I like to keep rotation to an absolute minimum. Uh, I think it's worth. Um, Tempo, extra points to a team over a season yeah. if, you, if you overwork the players um, there's loads of examples of this, teams who have a good season because it's Bang, bang, bang. Same team every week, like Fulham, you know, under Roy Hodgson, and they all get to know the pattern of play. Newcastle under uh, Pardew, they qualify for Europe, fourth, fourth, fifth place, something like that. The next season, they have to, they feel Thursday, Sunday, they have to keep messing about with the team, and they immediately drop into relegation trouble. So that I like a settled team. I like. I like that. Uh, it's not very fair if you've got a 23 man squad it must be very annoying to be out of the 11 but I, I really like that and don't I think if you're actually trying to achieve something and Solskjaer was trying to uh, qualify for the Champions League which obviously is a lot more difficult now thanks to CAS but um, uh, then you don't take any chances. You, you 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 keep the same team together, and if they're tired, sub them. And if they become too tired, and, and Paul's just um, you know half an hour ago very uh, accurately, in my opinion, described uh, the Bruno Fernandes, the bounce has gone out of him. Um, then that's the time the guy gets tired. You take him off, and you make a
2: change. But you don't preempt it because that way you disrupt the team. Paul, what do you think on that victory something that we've talked about as well
3: yeah I mean Paddy there he, he said everything I said so he can get what I normally get he can be called a dinosaur like me to <laughs> be because but that is, that is I'm I couldn't, used to it yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't put that any better there must be something Paddy you must be a journalist to come out and words <laughs> like that and your description because you are absolutely spot on in what you said and how I see football when I see successful teams and maybe that's because of I was fortunate enough to be involved at in United and involved with a manager who believed in that word yeah. continuity, which I yeah. use a lot. I need to yeah. find another word for that, and I'll, I'll speak to you later about that, Paddy. You being the journalist. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll get my, I'll get my, I'll
4: get my thesaurus
3: out. Yeah. <laughs> right, don't, don't go too far, in words like that. Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but seriously, I look at, and, and I, and I am so pro that. But the thing I will look at is that they've played five games in a row, and they've mm. played. Uh, and it's been over a shorter time than normal. It hasn't been yes. from a Saturday to Saturday and then one on a Wednesday, then one Sunday, then it's been bang, bang, bang. So really in theory, These players have had 10 weeks off or so. They've been doing their little bits and... I hate it when people come out and say they're tired. I look at it, there's people tired when they get up six in the morning, get home six at night, kiss their babies goodnight, the baby goes to bed and within two hours he's gone to bed as well. That's work. Football is something you're supposed to enjoy. It's a bit of fun, and the bonuses you get paid for it as well. So you should want to play in every single game. For me, I'm gutted how many games I've played during my career. I should have played more, and I want to play more. Seems like some of these players are happy to play 15, 20 Premier League games and be content with that. And when, when they retire and they look at the likes of other players, like like him, like um, Jack Cholton, seven hundred and was it fifty-one games yeah. he played. There isn't yeah. going to be that about in twenty. 30. Players are not going to play that many games, and they're going to regret it. So I can see what Ollie's doing. I think Ollie now is going to be forcing him to do things anyway. But I think after the good times he's had, he looks at his bench. Mm. He looks what he could put in and he goes, that's not going to win me in the style that I want. Now I've had this taste of it, I want more. So he's going to keep going and hoping it works out. United win the game. Mate, they win that game and then he goes into the Palace game and we mostly wouldn't be talking about it. But because it's two all, a last minute goal or so, everyone is talking about that one. Everyone's questioning this and questioning that. It's good to have... Stability at Manchester United in team selection for the first time since Sir Alex retired. You're, you're
2: absolutely right, and uh, I've got to say this as well. I'd be much rather talking about a two-two draw against them than we were talking about Louis Van Gaal's games where we didn't even have a shot on goal against Southampton and Old Trafford. So we have come so far yeah. um, from where we were, and yeah, it's a positive thing. We, we drew at home; it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, but we, we uh, pro- against against an informed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And who deserved their, their draw? Absolutely. Um, but it does look like he's going to have to change it up for Palace because at the very least, it looks like um, Luke Shaw might be missing, and maybe even Brandon Williams as well. I don't know if Williams would get the clearance to play. So you might even have a, a formation change. You know, he likes that three-four-three, three, um, pole So maybe that kind of thing would be as good as a, a sort of you know a mass rotation kind of thing. It's just a little bit of a freshness to keep people on the toes. Um, Palace asleep, walking their way to the end of the season Five defeats on the spin But that run does have to end at some point And Roy Hodgson is going to say Look at what Southampton did United looking a bit leggy Let's get at them
3: Well Palace uh, always, always Always a tough game at Sellers Park And I've been to a few over the last couple of seasons When there have been really, really good games I remember <clears throat> I remember the, um, the Matic goal The yeah. late, late goal I mean that was an incredible night of football That was incredible that that roar, the noise that comes from that place in general, but the roar that night when yeah. that went in, you suddenly thought, Hold oh, a minute, old Trafford's got smaller and I haven't travelled far. What's, that, <laughs> what's going on here. It was an incredible night. Palace, that's a great ground palace, great atmosphere and it, and generally it does it does it, there is it makes it difficult but as I just previously mentioned, it was about crowds. It was a big crowd. The Ultras are not going to be there for this game. Yeah. So it depends. I don't know what it's going to do. if I can't see that Brandon's going to be able to allow to play. He might not be up to it, given I'm not exactly sure exactly what it was. Was it his nose? Was it a gash? I don't know. I haven't really read a paper today. Luke Shaw turned his ankle and to be honest they, they said when he was coming off they said, "Look he ain't walking while well, I went well he normally walks like that anyway <laughs> that's what I said that's the way he walks anyway he looks, he looks like he's chewing a toffee but um, <laughs> so I'm not really sure but he might just need him for balance on that left side that's the, that's the pro- there's not enough balance anyway because of Harry Maguire on the left side so to have a, to have someone like Luke Sean not playing then you really do lose that balance because you haven't got you you might not have a left foot out there to keep going wide. Mm-hmm. So, and you look at the midfield, is he going to play Pogba and Fernandes? I don't think he's going to go both of them. So, if he has McTominay and Matic, then you're looking for all creativity to come through Fernandes again mm-hmm. and Palace. I don't know, I just think that, take, that gives Palace a little bit of an edge as well because they only have to worry about one is he going to go with the same front three there could be a good chance that he leaves out Mason Greenwood to start with which mm. means that he's gonna, he'll play with Daniel James which if Palace sit deep will cut him out of the game completely, mm. so it's a difficult one for to do to deal with and it's a test for him because he has to win this game because yeah. I think we really have to believe that Chelsea are going to win tonight
4: Yeah, Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, they they'll 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 certainly be uh, under orders to come up with a performance after the last one at Sheffield United. So, you 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 you're looking for a a bounce back from them. But um, what do you lads think about Brandon Williams? Um, He certainly he's he he doesn't look as he looks to have a bit of a hardness about him, a bit of an ambition about him. Yeah, Paul first,
2: you can take that one
3: I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of his Paddy From the moment he started the European Games His first game And I'm, do, I'm doing the radio I'm seeing, his, I'm seeing him out in Europe I'm going wow And I'm seeing his performances And I'm, seeing, I'm thinking about my first ever club European game Was against um, Atletico Madrid away mm. And mm. Cool, I was so in awe I was, I was 27 years of age And I'm going wow Mm-hmm. I'm going. Well, I'm not, I wasn't used to it at club level. I played more games in Europe for my country, and I'm yeah, kind of going, yeah, wow, yeah. wow. What's going? Kind of, but I watched him in his first game, and he was just didn't bother him. He would didn't. Yeah. And I watched his next one. Didn't bother him. And the only time I've seen him have what can it's not even deemed as a poor game. He, he didn't have a good a good time in the first half against Sheffield United didn't have a good time Mm. and I think the reason why is because the way it was set up he was put as a wing back And he doesn't really enjoy. That's not really him as a wing back. He's someone getting forward as a full back. The game's in front of him, and he goes forward like that. A bit like, bit like a Dennis Irwin. You put Dennis Irwin as a full back, he wouldn't be the same Dennis Irwin. You put Dennis as a left back, and he's one of the best left backs in the world. And bang, bang. So I was just going
4: to ask that. You think you you play Williams as a right-footed left back rather than yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: So and then second half, and when he when the team changes, when he. changes it around, all of a sudden he goes back into a, he goes back to a left back or left or a left midfield. I can't think, was it left back? He scores a goal that gets Manchester United going to get back in the game. Yeah. And his second half performance was excellent. But every time he's played, his first, he wants to defend. You, you saw the way he come on. La. First thing he done, he goes bang and he wins a challenge, puts it out for a throw in. Straight mm. away he's in the game. Up until obviously what happened to him, crying shame, is that the, the that's been excellent. I think, and I believe, he should be having a run instead of Luke Shaw, because you get more from him defensively, and you will get more from him when he goes forward. Because yeah. Luke Shaw's going forward, and everything's an afterthought. The overlap is an afterthought. It's not natural. He's not. He's not doing it in the same way he done it as a young fullback at Southampton, Luke oh. Shaw.
4: What a player
3: he was then. Yeah, yeah, he was completely different now. So I just think that now it's coming to the point where ollie has got to make a decision about, about Brandon Williams and say, I need this boy to be a bit like Mason Grew and I need to encourage him for him to believe that I've got faith in him and that is to say, I'm going to play you in, now in a big game. That moment's gone at the moment but he needs that now, that little bit to chew
2: on for Next season, yeah, pa- yeah, Paddy. How do you think? Um, Roy, you're a big fan of Roy Hodgson obviously, from what you've yeah. told Um, how do you yeah. think he's going to do with uh, Palace on Thursday?
4: I think uh, he's probably losing a little bit of uh, his temper. He's he comes across as such a gentleman, but he's got a temper on him, and uh, he, I think the players will be left in no doubt that uh, the fans. Might not be there pushing them on, but they'll certainly be watching on the telly, and that they oh you know they need a performance, but you know they're playing Manchester United. Uh, you know for all the I mean you Manchester United adherents are always talking as if you know only winning five nils is a disaster. <laughs> you know you're a wee bit spoiled you lot, and uh, yeah. I think you know for all you might say you've got strikers on. 20 plus go- two strikers on 20 plus goals for the season is it only two it might be all three soon but uh, so it's not you know it's, it, it, of course it'll be a hard hard game for Palace and, and they'll, they'll close up and try and keep it tight and, and sneak one is uh, Zaha playing I, 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 I was told there was a fitness doubt over him well, I, I hope so
2: <laughs> yeah it's considering um, no,
4: I I, he'll hurt you and, and you. Uh, it, it might even might even
2: get a penalty because uh, the opposition are owed one yeah yeah, absolutely <laughs> um, after that it's going to be Chelsea in the FA Cup semi-final um, oh, And yeah. I was talking about Palace sleepwalking their way to the, the end of the season with five defeats on the spin because I wanted to bring up the subject of Omens now Chelsea and United Historically have this sort of hoodoo over each other For different reasons Now it's been a mixed bag for them Since the restart of the the campaign But Solskjaer Has had this great run against Chelsea Where he's won like four consecutive But Chelsea's record against United In the FA Cup is unbelievable at the moment They win every single time we play against them Um, It's a difficult one to call Paddy isn't it? I don't believe
4: in omens and I, I mean I, that sounds like the, that sounds like I'm setting up a joke but I'm just it's, you know I just think it's a load of crap, you know you know, the, the, all the, Chelsea haven't won at Stoke since 1932 heavens all the players playing then have retired, you know it's not this you're not talking yeah. about the same thing I, and uh, you know I always tried to avoid it but here you are forcing me to talk about it, but I don't I honestly don't think that uh, any player will go out uh, play it when it's a game between Chelsea and Manchester United any of them will go out and say oh by the way what competition are we playing in today they'll just want to win the game yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, so I don't I don't see that as a um, as a factor, I just think the team that turns up on the day um, mm-hmm. albeit, is it, is it at Wembley? It is at Wembley yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, albeit the fact that it is at Wembley might give them a clue as to what competition it is in <laughs> but it might give them a little clue to be fair <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it'll just be won by the team that
2: plays better on the day in the, in the Wembley conditions Paul, it 's going to be a tough one I mean it's a big pitch we've got We have got a good record against them and that a lot of that is down to Solskjaer's way of knowing how to play against Lampard, which you know is pretty some good going considering Lampard's only been a, a top flight manager for a season um Franks obviously had his struggles, but Chelsea blow hot and cold um, How would you expect it to go on Sunday?
3: I like to think United will win, I mean there was that season 93-94 season when they beat us twice and we beat them at Wembley in the finals, yeah. so I hope that bit doesn't come into it really the fact of them haven't won a game and yeah. they go to Wembley and win, I really hope that Oli goes for it and plays the best players available to win that game because I think he really needs to get to the final, I'm sure the FA Cup wants Manchester United there. given what's gone on, they really do need it to highlight that the FA Cup is still going because I think As Paddy said there is that Mm -hmm. Until you know, the only thing that the only thing that keeps people in mind is asking that question: Why are these two t- playing at Wembley? Oh yeah, FA <laughs> Cup's So so it needs so it's going to need Manchester United for the FA Cup's sake to get to get into that final because they want to bounce. Oh. They want to use that the FA to bounce off the back of back of yeah. and Maybe even get a Manchester derby as well. well to really give it something. I, I, I was
4: just going to say now, if you were looking at it from the point of view of Manchester United, um, both of Um, which would you prefer assuming that you can beat Chelsea and obviously that's a big assumption but let's just assume that I'm asking you to assume that do you want to play Man City and possibly lose or do you want to play Arsenal and probably win Arsenal well, Arsenal awesome. <laughs> well, No together. no 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 but what I'm saying is do you, would you do you want City to be asked if you get through will you want City to have won the other game or or to make it a fantastic uh, experience or would you prefer Arsenal where you probably have a better chance of winning Oh, yeah, I see what you mean Yeah okay um, yeah, That's that's what I meant I, I, mean, I don't mean you'd definitely Be allowed a bye Against Arsenal <laughs>
3: they're,
2: they're, they're a football team With 11 quite good players um, Yeah I prefer to win In the final against City So yeah the occasion of that But uh, you're right um, I should just have um, flashbacks To seeing what City did To Watford on that big pitch Last year And knowing that we could I know we've done well Against them But I still think that You know on a bigger pitch they've got the better players to exploit us so um, yeah it's a tough one I'd prefer to beat City in the final than Arsenal
4: yeah I mean they lost the Wigan, Wigan on that same pitch so that gives you hope
3: yeah. I don't think the pitch is that much bigger either I think just, it's one of those pitches that looks bigger because of because of the space around it you look at London Stadium how big is London sta- how big is yeah, that pitch because yeah. a bit around it I would me personally if you're going to win a competition you, you always talk about a better way of doing it and United have had You know, they've played a few big games through this as well. Is you want to you want to go and beat someone who sees who'd be the favourite city? You beat them in the final, and then to beat them three times over a is it three times over a season? Mm. It would be the third time they've won. They won the League Cup game. They've won a they've won a Premier. They won both both league games, mm, didn't they? Yeah, both league games. They've won a League Cup game at the Etihad as well. Yeah. Mm. So so for me to go and beat them again. But I mean, if you're talking about Oli, he just wants to win it, doesn't he? Just to the fact of just, you know, relatively young, going, coming back as a Manchester United manager and to win a trophy would be mm. something that, as the saying goes, he's, he would never have dreamed of because he just mm. never thought it was going to yeah. happen.
2: On this yeah. subject, I put the vote out on, on my Twitter feed yesterday because um, everyone was saying, oh, um, would you rather w- get in the top four and... And win the Europa League and the FA Cup Or you know, which one would you prefer to do So I, I said Well what about looking at it slightly differently Would you rather have the top four And the Europa League Or the top four and the FA Cup So what do you reckon The, the majority came down with um, Paul I'll come to you first What do you think the majority said
3: He said top four in Europa League
2: Paddy
4: uh,
2: I, I would have said um, Beaten City In the FA Cup final <laughs> Well My opinion I would rather Get in the top four And win the FA Cup um, mm. Regardless of who, who it is And finally Yeah Beaten City would be best But 54.2% At top four And the Europa League Which uh, is me Because Because it provided A, a way in well, the top four gets you into that anyway. So I was surprised that people would want the Europa so the, League. So
4: the majority would rather win the Europa
2: League. That's interesting. It depends, I suppose, who you. Uh. <laughs> I know, right? I, I think it might be a generational thing as well. I'm still young enough. I, I convinced myself to to say that the FA Cup's the, the, you know, much more important than the Europa League. If it, if well, it was the old UEFA Cup, then maybe, you know, it's it doesn't feel the same. uh, Well, do you
4: know know, I asked the Dundee supporters the same question And and, 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 and 100% 100 of them uh,
2: ticked option 3 You're taking the piss I know, I know, I know Okay, Let's get off United and let's talk about A couple of things to know from the um, Premier League um, and the government Which have been coming out um, as part of The restructuring uh, in, In the following months really The first thing was that there was a little bit of talk that they're going to bring back Fans in lower numbers at the start of The next season whenever that is um, I guess pencilled in for September Or October, mm. obviously that's A good move, Paddy we've talked about this on our Premier League podcast quite yeah, often yeah, And yeah. It, it, it's, it's A good thing, I know you've been talking about it a lot on your Twitter feed as well, so what do you yeah. think is the best way of, um, of doing it? Well you can socially distance the crowd but There's only one problem With
4: uh, football or Life, life professionals sport, and that is um, excitement it's, yeah. uh, you know I mean w- w- the, it, 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 pubs are open right, yeah. the problem with pubs is people have a few drinks, they lose their inhibitions social distancing breaks down with shouting at a football match, which we all would do if we went there live it, The excitement of it, especially if you've had a couple of drinks beforehand, you lose your inhibitions, you shout and scream in people's faces, you score a goal, you score a... Right, suppose there's 10,000, 5,000 Man United, 5 Man City fans at the FA Cup final at Wembley. 10 seats per person, blah, blah, blah. At the start of the game, I'm sure they'll all be spaced out. As soon as the game starts you know david silva scores a goal 5000 city fans will be slobbering over each other kissing you know and and, and shouting their heads off mm. um, creating droplets and, and so on so the, the it's a real test and i, but I we've got to start somewhere and I would like to see small grounds, small crowds, easily police. You know, I mean, I'm talking about Dundee because I know about Dundee. The 12,000 capacity stadium, you could have 2,000 capacity crowd, 2,000 limit crowd, 1,500. You still get atmosphere. You get more atmosphere with 10,000 at Wembley than you would um, by, you know. Um, the loudspeakers you know a yeah. uh, 10,000 crowd. I mean trust me uh, you know as a Dundee supporter I know a small crowd can provide an atmosphere so I think it's definitely got to start but I don't think we want to be experimenting with FA Cup Finals at Wembley we want to be experimenting say at Bournemouth yeah. You know, with, you know, maybe have a one thousand crowd at Bournemouth and see how it goes. And if the fans do behave themselves and do keep socially distant and just scream their heads off, but from their own seats and don't move, then we can maybe move on to Southampton for the
2: next one and and see how it goes. <laughs> Paul, you've been in the stadiums um, working as a commentator the only problem for me is where will the subs sit... If if, if the fans are coming in and taking their seats.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be honest, the subs are going to have to move, aren't they, really? Or the the fans can take their place on the bench, maybe. Go and nick a a few of them, I don't know. I mean, I I really, I'm I'm one of them, I'm I'm a sceptic, really. Somewhere along the line, we're all going to get together doing things and we'll we'll move on, but somewhere along the line, they really do need to get people back in there. The players need it, the fans need it, they're been teaser having to watch it on tv now the next stage has got to happen you can't keep avoiding it avoiding it people have to get together and yes someone's going to get ill but it might be something different we don't know, but it needs to move on life needs to move on, and football is mainly about people's lives so it has to start soon we've got kids, um, kids can go back and play football now, what are kids doing you, you, you've all, all been there you've seen kids, young kids score a goal they're doing celebrations, what their teammates do, sorry not teammates mm-hmm. what they do on TV not the one. Not what they're doing at the moment, they'll go back to the old way of doing it, so kids yeah. are going to get together, they're, what's and you've seen the players now Paddy they're getting yeah. more together because they're getting a little bit, especially now attentions are running high in certain yeah. bits now they're all starting doing it and yeah. as much as the Premier League say don't do that you've got to set an example but they weren't yeah. setting good examples before when they're effing and jeffing down the camera so yeah. if, they, if, if they're, you know, they're doing that as showing emotion, is there anything wrong in showing emotion, showing kids emotion saying we're really enjoying this at the moment because that, that was so important, did anyone stop Wickham Wanderers, by the way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No. no yeah, yes, are. are. they going to put a complaint in about Wickham Wanderers? They've just gone into a division they've never they've dreamt of. They'd never thought they'd be so high in their lives. Martin yeah. O'Neill didn't even achieve that. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yep. That's true. That's, you know.
3: So I, I don't. And, know. And,
4: Sorry, and I mean, I know that the celebrations at Wickham, you know, went went on. or the Wickham celebrations
2: went on. Way into the night, so. I mean, as well they should. To as be, they yeah. should. Yeah. Um, the other the, the sort of counterpoint to this is obviously that um, what would happen with broadcasting the games and the talk is that um, every game's not going to be broadcast, even if they do lower the, bring in small capacities. So you're going to have games which people aren't able to see and they're not able to go to. Um, I'm not saying that this is. Um great consolation but it is some consolation being able to watch us play on the television um it it's better to have it this way than not be able to see. Uh, you know, just having reporters at the game, and you know, you're still going to have the mm. Sky analyst who's who's there with the sort of empty stadium behind him, telling us what's going on in the game. But mm. I d- Paddy, um, we would. Oh, it's yeah. what do you think. I well, case? you
4: can all, I don't, I don't, I've got. I mean, I've, I've got a bit of experience of this because my uh, English team is is Paul's old team, Fulham, and uh, um, where he made his name. But it, 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 it's. Uh, we have uh, we're in a bit of a privileged situation because we're on the telly tonight at five, um, and, and, and we've been on the telly. I think we've only had one game so far, yeah. uh, post lockdown that's not been covered live by Sky. So we're kind of spoiled. Um, but the one game that you can't that you can't you know the one game that we couldn't see live, I was able to catch up on it. And if you're a real fan you will probably want to see the game even if it's a 24 hour delay or something like that but that, that said I do think that not that they should continue to show all the games live simply as a public safety measure to deter uh, any real n- nitwit from you know watching it in a, a non-distance or
2: irresponsible way Absolutely, and Paul, the, the other part to that is the fact that overseas broadcasting, I've got the rights to show every game, every minute <laughs> so like, it's just going to be the British fans who can't, who can't see it do you know what I mean? It just seems ludicrous that you've got that kind of work around a situation where you're kind of punishing the fans double in a way, you can't go to the game but you're not allowed to watch it, but someone overseas can watch it
3: Well that's been going on for years, Wayne, me living overseas for 8 years in Singapore, I could pick and choose what game I watched watch. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: I could watch it and, and people, you could even go to you could even go to Northern Ireland and go into a hockey club and you can watch all the games there as well mm-hmm. wherever you get the pick of the game So
2: Paul, it's Paul, something Paul sorry to interrupt to just for my notes, which hockey club are you talking about? We hockey Club, are you talking about. I might have to go over there. <laughs> yeah,
3: Warren, Warren Point, by the way. Yeah, oh. definitely. Yeah, good friends of mine are were members there. Right, so, there you um, go. But, uh, so, sorry, but, um, again, and that and that's been going on for years. So, again, the, the fans are aware of it. It's just it's being rubbed in even more because they've been deprived now because people can't the, the rest of the people can't even get into the grounds now to even have an opinion. So it is it comes to the point now after what's happened the f- game has to be given back to the fans ASAP and yes. look, we keep going with everything you've just got to trust people and yes there's always going to be people who have got a different way of doing things and generally they are going to be young people are moaning about the youngsters going to pubs they're young they're going to enjoy themselves and if young kids are not going to enjoy themselves then we've got a big problem in this world or in this country Well, yeah, that's don't want to enjoy themselves anymore. That's, tr- that's true
4: and, and the, the, also the plain fact is that in the case yeah. of most young people they aren't in any danger. Correct. Um, I, I, I stress most the people with underlying yeah. conditions of course we, we all have to be vigilant uh, on their behalf but for the vast majority especially little kids you're talking about little kids um, um, you, know, uh, you know You get an image of six year olds playing football they're, uh, Really they, it, it, The danger to, to which They are exposed is negligible
2: Paddy, is it it ethical that Let's say American and Singapore audiences Can watch every minute of the Premier League But um, fans won't be able to Yes Well I mean it's ethical because they pay for it Um, I mean
4: Are you talking about in current circumstances Wayne? Because in current circumstances No It was either you or Paul Who just said that football needs to be given back to the people I think it was Paul do you you know he's so right there at the moment even if it means the Premier League saying look you you know we want every game to go out live and we'll see you right when when the cash flow starts again we'll make sure the broadcasting organisations are compensated that somebody somewhere and maybe the broadcasting organisations can meet them halfway, because frankly they need they need the people to be their friends going down, going forward. There's going to be a lot of challenges for the broadcasting associations in terms of the global uh, ability to watch matches. I don't want to go into detail, but it's going to be, they need uh, to keep the public on site as well. Everybody does. In fact, that's been one lesson of this for me. The public will step up. I mean, I'll give you an example. I'm a season ticket holder at Fulham and Dundee. I don't want my money back. Yeah. I, I I've donated my money to Fulham because I, I feel that Fulham are fair with me, I trust Fulham Football Club and I love Dundee Football Club, so they can have my money, I don't want anything back and, and football has to in the way that my two clubs have been friendly, have been fair with me and I'll be fair with them I think that has to happen on a, on a basis, we want there's a widespread feeling that the game has been taken away from us in in, in the sense of that friendship in the last 30, 40 years and I I agree with Paul if if what he's saying is we need to go back a little bit to the way it was before where
2: football is the people's game and, and seen as such perfect, lovely way to, to wrap up the show for this week, um, thank you so much to Paddy for joining us um, plenty of stuff to follow on talkofthedevils.co.uk this week, we've got exclusive columns from former players John O'Kane's already got his column up and that's always divisive, um, Luke Chadwick will have a column up as well which is always insightful as well, So plenty of that stuff, I'll also be releasing an archive conversation I had with Ron Atkinson from last year as well so don't forget guys, listen to this podcast, do get a fantastic discount with classic football shirts. Just use TOTD10 at the checkout. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health,
0: maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans